Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's host number two, D, with another episode of On Rampin' with D. Another special episode. This is the third time in a row I've said this is a special episode. <laughs> because it's going to get to the point now where none of the episodes are special. But anyways, you heard that awesome music by The Absurdist, which means that you're tuned into On Rampin' with D, which is typically supposed to be a show catered around people who are new to the space, who kind of need a Sherpa. In this crazy ass crypto world, uh, and I'm not Sherpa. Uh, but today's episode, I have two guests. <laughs> One's not really a guest because it's Cello, and you guys know Cello. What's up, Cello? What up? You know, that's it. You know, that's all you give to the people is what up. I don't want to upstage you, man. This is your show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we got a guest, Cello, and then uh, now our guest, actual guest. Is uh, Tony Swish, who's, who was on the show twice, the Bitcoin podcast, and uh, he needs no unwrapping to Bitcoin whatsoever, but he has a very rich history in this space, um, and we wanted to get his story out, and um, so so Tony, what, where do we start? Should we give an introduction to the people who might not know who you are? I feel like that's appropriate. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on, both y'all. I, I love I love the show, and having you, having me on is great, and I, I love being a part of it, even if it's just a, being a returning guest. And this is kind of my return to crypto because I've been out for a minute. So let me, uh, as you as you mentioned, I'll kind of give you a little bit of background. Uh, I got into crypto around 2012 and 2013. I don't exactly remember the day, although I probably should have, looking back on it. Um, pretty momentous occasion. Uh, uh, I lived in Detroit around 2014. I got hired by BitPay, moved down to Atlanta where I'm at to this day. Um, worked throughout 2014 at BitPay as uh, their marketing manager, handled all things digital, uh, all the campaigns that were happening, a lot of the working with Microsoft and uh, the, the companies that we worked with in 2014. And after that, I was lucky enough to be a part of the founding team of Augur, which is a decentralized uh 
prediction market platform on Ethereum. Uh, we were the first Ethereum token crowd sale, which I was, I'm semi-proud about, but then I'm very not proud about because I see how ICOs have become. And I, I wonder if I helped, if I it was a little bit of creating a monster, but I, I still... Uh, I still maintain the fact that Augur was one of the few ICOs that uh, that needed the, that needed an ICO. So I'll stick with that. And I've I, I've heard others say the same thing. So I'm glad I'm, that's not one opinion that I have. Um, and that was until about a year and a half ago. And uh, if if you want to to go into what happened after that, I'm more than happy to. Um, I don't know where you want to start out at. I think mine is a little bit about security. It's a little bit of a personal tale, and it's. A little bit of everything so i guess i can let you lead where we want to go next but that's just kind of what i've done in a in, in a in a snapshot nice and i i have to let the audience know this so they know who peeped me on to the ethereum swagger early in the day was the man in the air force ones tony switch himself i think it was like a facebook message message and you were like hey um Ether is going to be a big deal. And I was like, what? No, man, Bitcoin forever. Bitcoin for life. And you're like, no, man, this Ether thing has it going on. And uh, you actually convinced me to to dive into Ether. And then eventually later after that, I actually bought some. And then kind of the, the the story is history from from there. But I didn't I get that like, message. Huh? I didn't get that message. So I bought in. <laughs> I bought in when Ethereum was like 150. Oh man, Tony, you told me about Ethereum when it was like 10 cents. Yeah, it was under a dollar. I remember that. And I wish I'd have bought more. I mean, I did well. I'm not gonna lie, but I do do wish I bought more. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't yeah. we all? I wish I was Satoshi Nakamoto. That's my ultimate wish. No I'm kidding. Um, I don't want to do that. I mean, let me tell you something. One thing I've learned is there's something to be there's something to be had about anonymity. Uh, it's very underrated. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a perfect segue man that leads us right into okay so i guess the bombshell question is why did you drop off the face of the planet like auger is still doing things augers you just kind of there was a security like hiccup and um you were hacked you said you were hacked like we need to clear the air on what exactly happened that ultimately made you say you know what I'm going to just take a break from all this crypto scene for a while. Sure. And I mean, it was it, getting hacked was the, the really the, the start of it all. And uh, that was kind of what triggered it. But it wasn't everything. Um, and it's it's like a lot of a lot of it's personal stuff. So I, this is the first time I've said ever, anything about it publicly. So uh, I was hacked you know, in November of last year. I don't really want to go into a ton of detail about that. It happened to a lot of people. Um, it sucked. Um, it, it was one of the first times that's happened to me or anything like that, uh, I realized that some things were as secure as I thought, some things were nowhere near as secure as I thought. Uh, the unfortunate side effect was it led me to pretty much going nuts. Um, it made me unplug Alexa, unplug my TV, not carry a cell phone anymore. I was you know, very scared of whatever, what else was going to be had. And this, this coincides with something else. When I was um, younger, very much younger, I was diagnosed with ADD, like a lot of kids, you know, and I've been on Adderall for about 15 years. Uh, never really had any issues with it, but uh, that all came to a head about November after this hacking where I, um, I, I hate to say this, I kind of went nuts. I said stupid things that didn't make sense on the internet. Uh, I, I said dumb things about Ethereum, like it was evil. Although I will say I had a very much of a of a negative opinion of Ethereum at the time because I saw everyone, uh, what's the word, uh, 
kind of worshiping Vitalik, the cult of Vitalik. And I, I like Vitalik, he's a good guy. Um, but uh, I just think that's dangerous for any cryptocurrency to, to be, to have the entire, uh, you know, user base so hooked on one person's word. That scared me. But I wasn't in my right mind because of all this. So I'm just scared to death that I'm going to get hacked again. Um, I, I don't even know if I should say this, but they also tried to hack my fiance when they tried to hack me. Thankfully, she had a, she, she had AT&T, so they didn't get her. Um, it, it just led me down a path where I wanted nothing to do with this. Um, the, the, the biggest mistake I made, and, and I really am, I, I've apologized to Jack and Joey, was really putting Augur in an awkward situation because of my personal issues at the time, I just wanted to get the hell out of crypto. And I, you know, I, 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 I was so wanting to get out of it that I said, okay, I'm gonna talk and say everything I can and do an interview. So I did an interview with a podcast that is a lot less professional and important than yours. And um, all I can say is they did what they did and they took advantage of me when I was probably at the lowest point in my life. Um, and that's fine. I said what I said. I'm, you know, one of the, I'm not one of those people that's going to, uh, what's the word, make excuses for messing up because, you know, I, I wasn't in my right mind then. Thankfully, it only took about a week and I started doing better. Um, I've, I've been off Adderall since November for, uh, what is this, a year and a half? And I'd like to say a big warning sign to anyone out there. It could be going well for a long time, but there is that side effect of psychosis and it's a very legitimate side effect. Um, so I'd like to say that for one to, to everyone for them to know. Um, it kind of sucks uh, now because I see everything that's happening in crypto on the outside, knowing I was on the inside. But, um, you know, at the time, maybe it just needed to get out of it. Uh, and again, the, the other people I really want to apologize for, and I haven't had the, the guts to even do this, is everyone involved with Augur or Ethereum. I said some dumb things then that I really didn't know or didn't mean. And I, I when I looked at the response to people, it was actually a lot more caring than I thought. People were genuinely worried about me, um, including... Just, just everyone at the R Auger subreddit, and I was floored because it's the internet. People are usually full of hate, and there was a lot of people that were like, "Okay, obviously something's going wrong with Tony. Something's going on here. I hope he's okay." So um, I just wanted to let everyone in Auger know, uh, thank you for caring, all the people in the community. Um, sorry, I it took me so long to say that. Um, it's one of the this is the hard interview for me to do because it really, you know, I love crypto, and it, it I spent you know, what, three, three years of my life, professional life, moved to Atlanta, you know, did everything I could to be a part of it. And that kind of all fell apart in a week. And um, since then, it's kind of sucked. But I mean, in other ways, it's been kind of good because, you know, I'm outside the bubble. So I, I guess that's where I'm at now. I, I still love it. Um, I still have some great friends that I've made in it. Um, I would like for everyone to know that I now have no negative opinion of Ethereum, although I do have a very negative opinion on a lot of these ICOs that are happening, which I'm happy to go into. But um, I guess that's my story, and it's as quick as honest as I can say. Um, I'm doing great now. Um, I've been doing great since November, basically. Um, getting married, I, uh, you know, I, I, I proposed uh, uh, about a year ago, and we're getting married in a few months, so I'm looking forward to that. Life in general is pretty good. Um, I'm just kind of, uh, I guess there's a sad spot because when I see friends of mine on TV talking about crypto, I go, oh man, you know, I, I never got to do that. that that's a drag. Um, but also I'm, I'm happy for them and I've kind of, I've made my mistakes, so I'm okay with living with them. But I'm, I'm happy that you guys invited me on and yours is, yours is a podcast that actually uh, brings on interesting projects and has a good heart. And I don't think you guys are up to screw anyone. 
and I, I like that. And I think that um, everyone who's listening should just know, I guess, whoever they're listening to, what their in agendas are. And I think yours are all very pure. So I wanted yeah. to thank you. And thank you for giving me an opportunity to kind of say what I just said. It's it's kind of tough to say, but. Yeah, I imagine that has to be tough to say. Uh, my only personal agenda is an arm wrestling match with Roger Ver, which um, if I win, he has to <laughs> Brazilian jiu-jitsu roll with Corey. Um, once that <laughs> happens, then that's pretty much my whole agenda. But no, no, in all seriousness, um, you know, I know it must have been tough to say all that. And, um, you know, we're glad you're okay. I personally sent you a message, a pretty lengthy one on Facebook, because I was like, whoa, man, I'm reading all this stuff. Uh, some of it, like, then you, you said something like Russia was hacking you, or yeah. somebody was. Let me yeah, ask any questions you want about stuff I said. That's fine. Um, please do because I want to clear it up. Yeah, I, I literally thought that this was all when all the stuff with Trump was happening, right? So, um, I'm legitimately reading this, and mind you, I'm going on three or four days no sleep, and I'm reading this, and it's ringing a bell as true to me. And it, it turns out these are these are classic symptoms of psychosis that was created by that. And you know, once I stopped taking taking the Adderall, period, which wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, but um. It, once I stopped, they went away. So um, there, there was no hacking from Russia. There was none of this. It was, it was, it was these. Uh, it was stories that I had built up in my brain, and I would basically see some piece of evidence that I would see as evidence and say, okay, it's true because of this. And it, it's a shame. It really is because um, I, I really, I, I hate that that week kind of defines me in crypto. But uh, I can't. You know, all I can do is say, hey, I'm my bad, and move on. I guess. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm fine. No one tried to hack. I mean, someone did try to hack me. If it turns out to be someone from Russia that hacked me, maybe I was right. But I don't know. I I have no idea. Um, it's, it's, I I don't think it was, but I don't know. It's very uh, reminiscent of John Nash. You know, it, it's not like someone going crazy for crazy sake. It's more of like a beautiful mind. Too much weight on your shoulders. Too much going on in your brain too many things at once and uh, i don't know is I, I was personally worried about you because you said you were fearing for your life but i'm i'm relieved to know that it was just maybe a side effect of medication or lack of sleep and nothing was uh legitimate or, or serious correct absolutely and I, I don't make that comparison i'm nowhere near john nash but i but i love the comparison but yes that that's the thing i would say it does do is it makes you think too much it's like there's so many things going through your head that stories that are clearly uh illogical uh become very real you know you think okay the tv's talking to you or you think that you're reading things on the internet and they're, they're they mean you you know instead of whatever it may mean and and it, it sucks it really does um and i i just like to say because it's uh it's adderall is one of those things where it i loved it it helped me so much get into things that i would never get into but you know there is a price to pay for that and i don't want to be one of those people that's like you know one of those recovering people that's like this caused me hell blah 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 you know if you're on it and you want to do it do what you want i'm just kind of telling my story here and and that sucked and and i'm not also just blaming adderall because i'm a person right regardless of what i met what medication i took the medication i'm responsible for what i did and said so um it was on me first and foremost but there were other factors that did it and 
as far as the hacking goes, um, that's no fun, and I don't really wish for anyone to live through that. Um, and you know, I know in crypto, there's a lot of folks that are like that that that, that this happened to a lot of people, and it's it sucks. Um, I just hope that you know uh, others can deal with it better than I have, and most seem to have. So good for them, and and you know, and and I'm happy to see how well everything in crypto is going for the most part. Um, I just, uh, you know, I just hope that eventually someday I can dip my toe back in because it's still something that's a part of me. It's it's good that you said that, and like, what's what's a, I guess a thread of commonality is is that I've ha I've also had. A gentleman in the community, good friend Kim Bozak on the show, who he was hacked. Um, I think I think he's been hacked a couple times, and um, it's 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 an unfortunate reality of the world we live in. Like the more open you are, the more you leave yourself vulnerable to to being hacked somehow. And so that's why it's even more important. And just take this as a public service announcement service announcement for those listening is like uh, your private key. Um, you shouldn't give that to anyone. Even you married folk out there are like, yeah, totally. Give my private key to my spouse. Yeah, no, don't do that. Like, it's your private key. You have a strategy how you store it. And make it be detached from everything else in your life. Because if you don't do that, I mean, you're setting yourself up for a bad situation. And um so... That's just a public service announcement. How do you think you were hacked? Do you know? Because Ken knew, and he was like, oh, I did this stupid thing, and it put my information out there. Yeah, I know, too. And I'm kind of, this is, since this is onboarding, I kind of figured we might as well kind of give some security advice, right? I do know how I was hacked. Um, what happened is someone actually contacted T-Mobile, pretending to you know be me, and basically switched my phone service to a different card used my phone number because all of my two-factor authentication was sent to that phone number and they were able to get into a lot of my accounts. But that's not the only way. Um, basically what happened is in one of those major uh, hacks that happened, it could have been any of them, uh, they got a couple of my passwords. And there was a site that was called Leaked Source or something where you could actually search and say, okay, um, does this email, has this email address been, uh, you know, been, uh, what's the word, been, been, um, been hacked, you know, is this password out there? And it'll show you. So you can kind of say, okay, I need to change this password. Um, and, and I had some archaic passwords that I shouldn't have used. Um, and that, that sucked. But here's where I will say I was smart. Um, and this is a big piece of advice. When you said that about private keys, that is exactly true. The following thing I would say, and this is more for the traders out there, be careful leaving crypto on exchanges. Um, I didn't have any crypto on any exchange. Um, and I know for a fact they got into all of my exchanges. Um, and, you know, they got into Coinbase and they got into Poloniex and a few others. Um, but I don't I don't carry any crypto on there. Thankfully, I don't do a lot of day-by-day -day trading. But I know a lot of folks who do, so they need to keep their crypto on the exchange. Be careful. Be extremely careful on that. Because once you're on an exchange, the security is really out of your hands. And... Uh, for, for as great as the tech world is, none of these companies have adequate customer service to deal with security issues. Good luck getting a person from Google to talk to you, right? Good luck getting someone from Facebook when you're being hacked right there to talk to you. Good luck calling T-Mobile and getting someone to tell, say, hey, I'm being hacked right now. Can you help me? It's like talking to a brick wall. Um, you, you could tell them exactly what's happening and they won't know. So I would just like to say, be careful. It, it, it sounds like a lot of work and it is, but just be so careful with how you how you store your crypto. I would say, um, 
it just it, it's it, it may sometimes seem like too much work and you might think oh maybe i only have 100 or 200 dollars still good security starts with making sure that it's you know it's on a wallet that that either that's paper or a hardware wallet or something that's offline uh away from the computer very good advice very good i remember it's so weird that you mentioned that because there was a company uh recently i think i think i was dealing with facebook and I was just like, do they just have a phone number? And they do not. They have a labyrinth of steps for you to go through to get to a customer service chat. But there is no phone number where you can just say, hello, person. I got a problem and I need to fix it. So, yeah. Which, you know what? Is and, and this is. Go ahead. You know what? That's BS because how many billions of dollars are these companies worth? They can hire a call center for security issues, a couple. Like, you know, that is something where I think they need to up their game. They, I think they spend so much on developers for security. Maybe they should hire some developers that are that, that are at 24-7 just uh, for customer service. Uh, that That's something I think that a lot of these companies like, okay, we're now we're a digital company. We don't have to worry about this. It's like, no, you probably have to worry about it more, in my opinion, yeah. at least. Maybe that's because it happened to me and I've experienced that frustration firsthand. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily have an answer for it, but it – Nothing sucks more than going through that labyrinth of trying to get help. You're absolutely right. And that's like, I don't know how some somewhere along the way customer service has gone out of style. But it's like the only reason I go to Target over Walmart or mm -hmm. I go to Costco over Sam's Club. Because like, I feel like if I run into a problem and I talk to someone, I can get some help with that. Or if I ask a question, there's somebody who's going to know about what I'm talking about. But like at Walmart, it's like a it's like a fucking adventure when you go in there and you're like, oh damn, I need something. I don't know where it is. Well, that's this is gonna be an hour long trip to Walmart. So, but that's not getting. Let's let's get back back to crypto, right? So you said you had some qualms with ICOs, as do Google and Facebook, and most anyone who's legitimate is getting upset at the high rate of illegitimacy that's entering the space. And so what are your qualms? I have some. We could probably go on for days, but I want to know what, you know, Augur did an ICO, and you're probably somewhat responsible for Augur's ICO, and Augur's a legitimate company. Um, but a lot of these companies aren't, and so I want to know what's your opinions on all this ICO craze. Well, um, it, 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 I probably don't have a hot take on this. It's probably nothing unique. I'm sure people have said this before, but... It's just the fact that why I think whenever I see an ICO, I go, why does this need to be an ICO? And there's very few that get past that first step. Um, even some like that Kodak coin, which is a funny gimmick. At least they have an idea, which is which is more valuable than others. And I'm not saying it's a good idea, but okay, it's for it's for rights management for images. Okay, at least I get it. Kodak branding and matches. Okay, I get that. I'm not saying it needs to exist. I'm just saying I understand. But then you, you look at others and it just, and I don't want to give examples because I, I, I don't want to be the one that says something is, you know, bad or good. I, I don't necessarily know other than the ones that have obviously already failed or been scams. But when you see it and you go, okay, this promises to be a payment channel. 
well, why does this need to exist? Why does this need to be its own token? And and this happens a lot. And and you see it and you go, okay, this doesn't need to exist. So why is it existing? Oh, to make money, obviously. You know, people saw that, you know, Augur, when we, we raised, I think it was five, a little over $5 million. And that was, what, three years ago? And now there's some that are making over a billion. And you just... I, I really don't even know how to say it because it seems so obvious to me that that a lot of these are scams and they're causing a lot of bad they're causing a lot of bad issues in crypto and I, I don't know if you saw it did you happen to see John Oliver on Sunday when he did a cryptocurrency episode <laughs> yeah damn sure did I wish he would have spoke more on ICOs and less on other things like it I, I understand the most of the world uh, the idea is still rather new of blockchains and Bitcoin but. ICOs to me are the ones that are like, okay, they're raising, they're, they're, they're hundreds of millions of dollars are being raised out of thin air for projects that don't have a purpose that might not exist in a month. And it's muddying the water for really good projects. And it sucks because out there, there's some project that probably doesn't have any money backing it that really does need an ICO. And maybe they have a team of two and they're not going to be able to raise shit because you know, scumbag McGee out there is raising millions for his crappy, uh, you know, his crappy coin that he's hiring Floyd Mayweather to promote. And it's just, you know, if that's what this is, then that, that's not what I signed up for. And I, I guess maybe it's me. You know, I, I think everyone has these ideas of like, what would a world with crypto be? And it's just like this utopia, right, of how everything would be great. Like I had this idea that here's this awesome way to fund companies now where you don't need to go to this stupid uh, venture capital route for startups, right? You can do a token sale and you can raise money for cool projects. That's what I literally thought it was going to be a couple years ago because the growth was so slow. There weren't that many token sales then. Now there's so many that it's just like, okay, people have figured out this is a quick way to make money and legitimate projects aren't getting funded. I think that's this is set back crypto more than probably anything has since I've been into it. So as someone who was involved in the first big Ether, Ethereum token sale, I would say be careful. Um, I, I've gotten so many offers, and even though, you know, I'm, I'm sure, they, I don't know if they knew what, what happened with me or not, but I've gotten many offers for gigs for ICOs. Uh, one or two I've actually responded to. Uh, the rest I've just basically just ignored. And even the ones I responded to obviously didn't get any further than that. It's just there. there's so many out there. And, every, and, and it's funny because I'm also, my email address, that there's still, I think, a publicist that thinks I still do a podcast. So they'll send me like guest people. And it's like, would you like to decentralize football? Like there was a decentralized football token. I'm like, what? Like talk about something doesn't need to exist. And 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 I guess I might be the only one. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that sees this, but when I see it, I kind of laugh and I'll show my fiance like, you want to decentralize football? Like, what does that even mean? And it, it's just, is this what it's where it's at? And I, and I know it's not the whole story and there's way more exciting, cool things happening. But uh, the ICO thing really put a bad taste in my mouth. And I, and I think it's because also a lot of people that are new to crypto you know, we'll see something and, and, and they, oh, well, I'm interested in this. And then they'll, you know, invest. The only thing that pisses me off more than ICOs are the stupid man genius of Bitcoin ads with that dude. I hate that guy. Ooh. Those two things just irritate the hell out of me. You're talking about the guy with the gray weird hair? Yeah, that, that, that he had to he had to spend like his entire budget on ads online because he's on every site I go to. It's like he's a crypto genius. Like you can't just... Yeah. What, like, what? That's the unfortunate thing is that, like, with each new wave of adoption, 
um, every the swings get bigger, and things get more emerge more irrationality emerges, and that's just the way it is with all things. Like that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we shot up from a thousand to twenty thousand dollars in one year. You're gonna get a lot of fuckery. And that and nineteen thousand dollars worth of purchasing power of of a thing, and that's just Bitcoin. That's not even talking about the other things that have created uh, millionaires over a span of weeks that went up like twenty five thousand percent, like ridiculous coins, like laser token. We've tokenized light and put it on the <laughs> blockchain, and you're like, what? What is this even? This doesn't even do a thing. And so what's weird is that I think this last hype cycle was damaging, like you said, because it did a it did something bad where it made it okay to separate a token from the technology when the token is the reason the technology is powerful. And once people started saying like, okay, it's not about Bitcoin, it's about blockchain. Oh, it's not about blockchain. It's about this one thing a blockchain can do called the ICO. You know, that has gotten us to the point where we have Jesus coin and stuff like that. And yeah. so, um, and you know what though, if, if a token, if a token doesn't have a crowd sale or an ICO and they exist and they're silly, I have no problem with it because it's not like, you know, if it's if it's a Dogecoin or something, just something silly like that, it doesn't bother me really because no harm, no foul on that. It's just it's the the point when people are raising tons of money on these new tokens that that bothers because it's it's good money that is going out of the ecosystem that should be going toward other projects that are worthwhile. And you know the other thing that I didn't mention also is it's it's somewhat associated with it because a lot of these other cryptos now I always like to say the top fifty coin market cap don't count the count maybe not the top fifty the top twenty five don't count. But after that, there's so much pumping up, all those pumping up groups now, where it's like, how do you accurately gauge the value of any of these lesser popular tokens? You know, th- thankfully, the big the big dogs like Ethereum and, you know, Bitcoin and, you know, BT- Bitcoin Cash, they're a little harder to manipulate. But for smaller ones, it's very easy for these pumping up groups to manipulate, which is what they're doing. And, and you know, that doesn't bother me as much because you can kind of see that happening and go, OK, I know how to I know what this all means. And, I, and, and I'm not calling for regulation either because I'm not I don't necessarily think regulation would fix this. I think it would just make people shadier and actually less uh, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather the pump and dump groups be out in the open than be hidden. Um, and, and I don't know if other folks agree with that or not, but I, I'm not saying we need regulation here. I'm just saying the new folks that come in need shows like this. They need a boot camp literally to say, okay, you're, you're walking through a minefield okay there there is a there is a, a um, you know, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but it's a minefield on the way to getting there. And here, here's, you know, some things to look out for because, you know, everyone here sees these stories about people getting rich and they want to be, be a part of that. And, you know, they don't love crypto. Like I, and, and I kind of want to speak on behalf of you guys, but it sounds like you guys love crypto. You didn't do this to get rich. I didn't do this to get rich, but a lot of these folks now see it and go, okay, that's their goal. So they may study for 20 minutes, say, okay, I kind of like what, uh, I kind of like stellar or I like ripple. So I'm going to buy a hundred dollars worth or something, which is fine. But just be careful and know that, okay, here's the risks and, and all that. And, and I guess that's a lot of what the media tries to do, but they kind of do it with a lot more, uh, 
you know, a lot more fear, uncertainty and doubt and all that jazz. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess those are my main gripes, which is weird because in as a whole, the, the space has grown so much. And now it's not a thing where like I have to explain to people what I do. I've run into other people that go, oh, I trade Bitcoin too, or I trade crypto too. That's happened so much in the past few months where people will be like, oh, I finally bought some Ethereum or I bought some Ripple. And I go, that's cool. And I mm. just they ask me for advice. It's like, you know, don't don't uh, buy more than you can afford to lose. And that's, you know, the best advice ever. But uh, it, it's still just, uh, it, it's been a wild ride the past four years, I'd say. In the past year, it's been even crazier because of how mainstream it's gotten. That's a good sign that people on the street kind of know about it and know what it is. That's a pretty good sign. So, what do you think? What are your views on Old Augur since? You, st- you said you have no gripes. Are you proud of what they're doing? Are you excited about their future? Are you like, man, moving on? What very, very excited, very happy. Um, the, the first thing I'd also say is for some reason there was some rumor out there that I sold all of my auger uh, rep, which is far from the truth. I, I still hold, I would say, more than two-thirds of what I've had since the beginning. Basically, the one thing I did wanted to do was just pay off some debt, which wasn't much, and that's all I did. So I just wanted everyone to know that, that I still support auger fully. Um, I, I think they're doing great. They just finished their second uh, security audits. Uh, I saw that I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday, they posted a blog. The team's awesome. Tom, the guy that's handling a lot of their media now, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, he's really doing a good job. Jack, Joey's now working with um, Pantera Capital, which I always wondered why they named themselves after a metal band. But, you know, other than that, uh, he's doing great. And and Jack's kicking ass. So, yeah, I love the project. Um, they but the, the thing I like most about the project is Jack and Joey's just, just – I trust them, right? There's very few people that you trust. I trust them to do the right thing. And they're, they're, they're two folks that kind of get that good business is by being honest with the people that are investing. So there might be people that are a little disappointed at how fast progress is going with Augur. The thing I would say is just look at how, uh, just how transparent they, they've, that everyone on the team's been uh, on, on every step along the way. When, when errors and security issues were made well i think and you know projects like this take a while look at ethereum and how long that rollout's taken how much is still to go um so it's going to take a while so i have nothing bad to say about that i will still say it's one of the only cryptos that i think had a valid ico um i think a couple months ago coindesk did a piece on them saying hey they were one of the first icos how are they doing now and it's like still pretty damn good you know they're all and i don't necessarily know if this is a, a I don't know what this represents, but they're almost always in the top 50 of coin market caps cryptos. I mean, I would say I've never seen them below 50. Uh, they're, they're they're doing great there. It's all you know. It's always uh, I would say it's always around 40, and, which to me shows strength considering how long the project's been out and how many uh, fly by night projects and even projects that are in the similar vein that have kind of disappeared. So. I have nothing but good things to say about them. Same thing with Ethereum. Um, so I guess that the clarity thing up. So if, if anyone wants to say, why did you say Ethereum was evil and blah, blah, I, I wasn't in my right mind. Ethereum's great. Um, it's it, it has advantages and disadvantages. And like I said, the, the, the fact that everyone's opinion and, and Vitalik's opinion meaning so much, it, it, that can be scary. Especially a couple of weeks ago, he made some comment about how all cryptocurrencies could go down to zero, something I agree with. But when he said that, the media sure picked up on it. And it was like, you know, it was like Warren Buffett saying something about the stock market or something. Everyone just listens. And which is fine. 
to listen, but you know how much power is needs to be in one person. So that's my only the thing. I, the thing that I don't like about that statement in specific is like you can say that and defend that about anything on the planet, right? You could say like one day someone's gonna fly out of a roller coaster and roller coasters are gonna fly off their rails. Like there's there's suites of highly paid uh, mechanical engineers that assure you that that probability is like so, so, so damn close to 0% that that becomes a dumb thing to say. And I think that like what Vitalik said about cryptocurrency can go to zero is a dumb thing to say, like to me. Like, yeah, he's a really smart guy, but I would the infrastructure that. that's built out now, you have IBMs going all in, you have NVIDIA whose stock price is going up 33%. Because people are buying mining cards to mine. Like, do you think NVIDIA is not going to start putting some positive pressure on the market to keep people buying GPUs? I think they are. Like, you can't just make blanket statements like that that don't make any sense. Now, like, and just because you're Vitalik and you're weird and you're smart, like, (laughs) ungodly so, doesn't make you smart for saying cryptocurrencies can go to zero. It makes you kind of dumb when you say that, in my opinion. I think I don't think so. I think it's a possibility. It's a very uh, unlikely possibility, but I think it's a possibility. Anything's a possibility. We get hit by a fucking asteroid. <laughs> That's I true. could be I could step off the street and get hit by a bus. But you always have to take into the factors and before you just saying like, you know, before you just say something as absolute as that. I'll be honest with you, I'm more scared of quantum computing breaking the encryption of cryptocurrency than I am about the market. Um, that is something I think is a bigger concern. Uh, I don't necessarily know how short-term of a concern it is, but uh, that's what I've, I've heard from many other folks. And who knows, it could be five years, it could be 25 years down the line, it could be further, but that freaks me out. But I, I definitely think there's a possibility. So I don't, I, I disagree with you on that one. Usually we're on the same page, but this one I disagree just because It's important to know that anything you have can technically be worthless tomorrow. Just to know that helps you understand the risk. And to me, understanding the risk is really important when when you're talking about any of this stuff, especially because the the biggest advantage to cryptocurrency is that it involves finance. The biggest detriment is that it involves finance. So if a project like outside of crypto fails, okay, big deal. You could still use that technology to build something else. But if a project in crypto fails, People are out a lot of money, and and it doesn't end well. So there isn't really a tank, like there isn't like a laboratory where you could easily, you know, produce these, and and that's kind of a drag because because it it makes it so that technology can only grow so fast, and it really halts it. And I'd like to apologize for my dogs in the background; they're barking outside. I have the door closed, but oh, it's all good. The mailman or something. It's all good, and we 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 all I like disagreements. I don't like everybody getting along all the time. I'm cool with the disagreements, um, but everything's a gamble when it comes to anything that has people are putting value into because emotions are emotions and things do what they do. People living in Venezuela thought everything was fine until their shit hyperinflated like 5,000%. And mm-hmm. now they're like, well, what do I do with all these things I thought were going to have value? And the same thing happens in Brazil and the same thing happens to many countries in Africa. So like... I don't know. I think it's all a gamble, but sometimes saying things like that just adds fuel to the to the fire that's unnecessary. Like, you know. But I do I do wonder why he said that. But because everybody wonders why he says 
anything. That guy is, uh, <laughs> he is just really smart. I'll put it to you like that. Yes. Um, there's something, the one thing that's funny that you hinted on, but I don't know if we've, is that everything Ethereum is going through, Bitcoin went through years ago. Like there's going to be a time where Vitalik is probably not listened to that much. Just like now, when people don't care that much about what Satoshi said, they use the white paper and they build on it. But they're like, yeah, but things grow and things change, like all things. You know, so I think Ethereum is going to go through the same thing where it'll get to a point where it needs to change and grow. And that small little group of core devs, they're going to start splitting on off and you're going to have this beast that just goes on and on. So, yeah, I could see that. And I, I, I think you're right. Um, well, it I has don't to know. happen eventually. Like, Talk's going to die. Everyone's going to die. But, like, at that point, like, what does Ethereum do? Many, many, many moons from now when there's no Vitalik and no one to listen to. You know, it just grows and it changes. We'll be gone. But, you know, that's going to happen to Ethereum, too. But you know what? People stopped listening to um, stopped listening to Satoshi. Uh, who wasn't it? Sato- wasn't it? Yeah, it was Satoshi back in like 2011 when uh, WikiLeaks started to accept Bitcoin. Isn't that when Satoshi kind of started saying, "Hey, I'm stepping away from this"? I mean, yeah. listen to him way back then, which is fine. I mean, once the project's out in the world, it's the world's project. It's no longer Satoshi's, right? Same with Ethereum. It's an open source project. It's no longer just Vitalik's. Um, he may be the one that you know helped birth it, but it's it's the world's now. So I, mm-hmm. I guess uh, we'll we'll see how it all pans out. Um, uh, the, the good thing I, I it, the good thing I would say about uh, the Ethereum, uh, just the the entire project though, is that it's doing something different, right? I I see a lot of debate on the Bitcoin Cash Bitcoin thing, which both sides have valid points. Um, and and I think that it's going to happen, obviously, with Ethereum down the road, and and maybe even be worse. But I don't know. But ima- but look at how much it's fractured people. I remember three or four years ago, everyone was on the same page. We wanted everyone to know about Bitcoin and how awesome it was. And somehow now it's become all these little niche groups that have you know their own thing that they're interested in, and it's just it's such a political minefield. It's hard to say I like crypto without making an additional political statement and saying, Hey, it's possible to be cool with Ethereum, Bitcoin cash and all every other project out there. Like I, you know, as long as, as long as they're valid and they're actually not scams and they're doing something worthwhile, I love it. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. And that's awesome. That, that, that's still happening regardless of the scams, regardless of the bad press and everything else that's happening. So, so why now? Like you, you've taken a year and a half, almost two years, just not, not, not almost two. I'd say in between a year, year and a half, uh, step back away from everything. Like why now choose to get back into everything? You missed the big mooning. We're currently in probably another crypto winter for maybe a year or two. So <laughs> why, why now? Do you feel that you need to give more to the community, or you feel like you're in a good you know, spot to do that, fill us in. Yeah, I guess it was, you know, it was the fact that, you know, you guys reached out to me. I wanted to, I wanted to tell my story. I just didn't know how. Um, and I didn't know, you know, I, I, I mean, I doubted many people would care, but I assumed some would, um, you know, at least a few. And just to say, hey, here's what happened to me. It can happen to you. Uh, here's, you know, 
just some issues, some mistakes I made, some good decisions I made. Here's here's what happened, and just basically here's what happened. And you know, if something cool comes out of it, awesome. If not, that's fine too. Uh, it just seemed like the right time. I don't know. It, I I'm I won't lie. I had very uh I have very cold feet coming into this, but I'm glad I did it because it's you know it's it's really cool saying that uh you know just saying everything that happened. So I, I guess there really isn't a reason that it's right now. I'm just I'm kind of happy it is right now. Good deal. So is there anything that you feel I should have asked you or you wanted me to ask you that I didn't get to that you needed to air? Uh-huh. Oh, we're at, now we're having of. audio. I mean, yeah, the, not really. Nothing I can think of. I mean, um, I got something for you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, I don't know. I think you kind of addressed it, but I, I wanted to know uh, the whole Matt Liston, Joey Krug, uh, them kind of boxing you out. Are you saying that's false? Hey, because oh, that's my kid. Uh, because I, I wanted I wanted to bring that up because uh, I felt from my perspective that they were trying to do damage control and distance themselves from you. Uh, but from your perspective, you're saying that they uh, they had a lot of care for you and they're still looking out for you and everything's good. So I, I wanted to clear that up and see what, what really happened. I really don't know Matt at all. Um, so but he claims – well, he came on our podcast and claimed that he started – this whole thing and everything that you said was untrue. Right. I, right. I don't think him and, and, and okay. So I, I, that is not true. I mean, I, he may have done something with Joey before I, you know, got to know him, but he did nothing to, to, as as far as I know, he did nothing about what, what Augur is today. Now, what exactly did Joey say? Cause I, I, I remember having this conversation, but I don't remember what exactly the specifics were. Uh, it was more Matt Liston coming on our show and debunking everything that you said, and Joey, uh, not on our show, but indirectly backed up what Matt was saying. And I went on air. I don't know if you followed our show after you kind of went into hiding, but I publicly went to bat for you and said, I don't like the way they're treating Tony. I feel like he contributed a lot to the space, and now they're trying to do some kind of damage control and clean up their image, and they kind of left you behind. I don't know how you know if that was true or not, but that's how I perceived it. And if I perceived it that way, I think a lot of the crypto community perceived it that way. So I, I went on our show and defended you for a couple episodes. Okay. Well, thank you for defending me. Um, I don't feel that way. I'll tell you why. Um, I said some stupid shit, and it, it would be it would have been dumb for 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 anyone of Augur to not distance themselves from me. <laughs> like like I, I understand why they did. I would have done the exact same thing. Um, I, I as far as my influence in Augur, I I had nothing to do with anything technical. But as far as everything to do with you know publicity, marketing, you know all that stuff, communications. Yeah, I had a huge role in that. Um, uh, I don't as far as anything technical, no. That's Joey and Jack. That's all them. Uh, anything else? I had a huge thing to do. Um, I, I never. I, I, I have nothing really to say to Matt because he's just. I, I don't even. I, I kind of want to go back now and listen because I think it's funny that someone I've never met or talked to said a lot of this stuff. Um, I guess I think there's more between him. It's more between him and Joey than him and me because I have nothing to say to him. And there's no issues with me and Joey. Anything Joey said, if he was downplaying my role, it was probably for a good reason um he's always given me nothing but credit in fact there he's always given me every bit of credit 
that I've wanted. And he said, Hey, you did a good job when I do did this. And, you know, even after everything happened, I've, I've spoken to him and said, Hey, I'm sorry this happened. And, and no, I, I, I would disagree with you. I don't think Joey did anything like that. And, and Joey's a great guy. He, that's not the way he rolls. And if they said anything to distance themselves from me, it was just to be smart and protect their asses. Right. Like I'm here, I am, you know, going through my issues. I don't need to drag Augur down. Right. Um, and I don't blame them for that. So I, I do want to go listen to what he said now because it seemed like he, he had a lot of sour grapes because he wasn't a part of the project when it started to get big. And I don't even know if it even had the name Augur when he was involved. I think it was just him and Joey talking about a prediction market. So I, I don't know. I, I have to claim ignorance on all that. I don't know the guy. I don't know what he did or what he said. No. I've heard stories, but those are just stories. So, yeah, I don't enough, yeah. personally feel I don't personally feel offended or anything by anything Joey did. Um, may, but I do appreciate you defending me. Um, maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe they, you know, the, the, the tone or the verbiage they said, you know, threw a lot of shade my way. I, I don't know. But I do thank you for, for, for defending me. But I'll also say I see why if, if he would have distanced himself, I see why they did it. Like I don't you know, I'm not I'm not mad about that or anything. I understand it completely. Yeah, I think Liston went off and he, he built Gnosis. Um, which is another prediction market. Yes, um, yeah, so um, maybe there's drama there, maybe there's not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. I do know that um, there's enough room in the space for everybody to, to work hard and contribute if they want to. So is there anything you want to leave the audience with? I, I know we covered a little bit of everything. Uh you know, we covered um, security. We covered mental health. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of, we jumped all over. So <laughs> anything you want to leave us with? I guess uh, the only thing I've done since kind of leaving, because I, have, I haven't completely left. I've done a little bit of consulting for some medium to high net worth folks um, on a personal one-on-one -on -one basis. But I no longer am on Twitter. I really, you know, I mean, if you, if anyone ever actually wants to get a hold of me, you can go to my website. It's still up at t o n y s a k i c h. It's tonysockets.com, and I have contact info there. Um, I again, I'm not necessarily looking for something, but if if there's an awesome gig out there, I'll definitely be listening. If anyone's interested, still, if they're not, that's cool too. Um, and you know, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, you guys are, it's, it's so cool to see that you're, that you're all in the space now as deep as you are. Cause I remember, I don't remember, I think I was like one of your first, like probably 30 or 40 guests. I don't remember what number. And now that what you're up to 200 episodes or all around, it just, you guys are kicking ass. So I'm so happy for y'all. Thank you for that. We're going to keep Thank trying. You. We're going to, we're going to keep trying to kick ass. So, uh, well, can you do me a favor, Tony? Yeah. Can you say play the outro? Play the outro.